coming at you from the We Dessert Studio in Houston, Texas. You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Kevin Cook, and Jeremy Paxton. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 70 of The Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Statton, and I'm joined this week by Kevin Cook and Jeremy Paxton. And uh, we hope that everyone had a good Thanksgiving, survived Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday coming up here. Uh, But this week was absolutely crazy with the coaching carousel kind of getting things kicked off with Tom Herman being announced as the 40th head coach on the 40 acres. I believe it was 40th head coach or was it 30th head coach. But anyways, Tom Herman (laughs) is heading to the University of Texas as the new football coach after Charlie Strong was fired Saturday morning in Austin. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a few moments with Matt Mosley who uh, used to work with ESPN Radio and is now uh, currently a columnist for Dallas Morning News as well as uh, works with the Texas Monthly, a great publication. But we'll have him on in just a few moments to talk about Baylor and uh, the coaching carousel uh, throughout the state of Texas. But, uh, Kevin, we've got to start with you. You're a uh, huge Cougar fan. Uh, Things didn't work out with the Memphis game on Friday. And then, unfortunately, uh, Saturday morning, Tom Herman left for Texas. Yeah, first of all, is Cyber Monday what it sounds like? You get great sales on, like, Amazon. Oh, so it's like buying things online yes okay. yeah that's so not what it sounds like. i'm not sure where wait, you're going to take what this. did you think it was well, what is cybering cyber oh yeah online all right let's just move on was it like a don't <laughs> i think was, 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 that, was a donald trump reference i'm not remotely as excited about it as i was before i figured out what it actually means i'm not excited in general it's, it's been a pretty rough week obviously the memphis loss was terrible uh it seemed like they were coming coming back which almost made it worse and then all the speculation surrounding the game obviously herman leaving um that, which was kind of you know we speculated about that for months you know we have talked about on the show where he might end up uh potential spots things like that texas kept coming up over and over again so i don't think that we're surprised necessarily uh, what was surprising was the outcry from the team when he left. Um, I don't know if you saw Ed Oliver tweeted out, right. why did you lie to us, coach? Um, I think he actually tweeted out why you lie to us, coach, but I'm sort of reading between the lines there, adding some extra verbiage. <laughs> but um, yeah, and there were a couple other players that had similar sentiments. I guess he really did look them in the eyes uh, Friday night and say, I'm not going anywhere. Which, you know, it's a pretty dirty business. Um, Obviously, all of this media manipulation by his agent, Trace Armstrong, I think, you know, you can kind of for a long time lay that at his feet and not at Tom Herman's feet. He's just getting the best deal for his client or whatever. But it did seem like Herman did get his hands a little bit dirty in terms of how he dealt with the players. And I think we're seeing that. Um, Ed Oliver quickly deleted the tweet. I know a couple other players that tweeted their dissatisfaction deleted it pretty soon afterward. But, you know, the internet's forever. So we have a record of these, of course. And it is, um, I mean, these players are adults. You know, they're grown men. In. This is a business. I think they all get that. But something about the message that Herman gave that team about uh, playing for your family and brothership and the kisses on the cheek. You know, I saw a lot of amusing references to Judas uh, <laughs> on Twitter the last couple of days. Um, but but the way he left those players leaves me questioning um, his integrity, I guess, at least in dealing with that situation. It's a tough situation. You know, I, I wish him all the best. Actually, I hope he fails miserably at Texas because <laughs> I always root for Texas to fail. So that's not even like a I think we all do. Thing. Right. Exactly. So I, I but but I do I do question how he handled it with his players and I do wonder are there other issues lying out there like where does Kyle Allen go uh, there have been many reports none that I've seen that are confirmed uh, speculating that he may be going to Texas as well I'm not sure that Kyle's addressed that yet no he has not but uh, Shane Buchel who had a uh, you know who's a true freshman in the Sierra Texas uh, at times looked like a, a good quarterback that was able to run the spread uh, the fast tempo offense and so he's a guy that you know with an extra spring under his belt he might be able to fit in Tom 
Herman's system. But I think if uh, the good thing is, is Tom Herman realizes, OK, that Buchel is not the answer at quarterback in the system that I want. He's got all spring to evaluate him. Then he can say, all right, Kyle, come on after you graduate in May and then you can be our, you know, our starting quarterback for two years. But when I look at, uh, you know, the U of H situation, I look at Tillman Fertitta, uh, chairman of the Board of Regents for uh, the University of Houston system. And he, ha- you know, he was not as down on the situation as I would have thought he would have been. He he expressed uh, his support for Tom Herman taking the job. He said, uh, you know, would you rather be the governor of Rhode Island or the governor of the state of Texas? And the obvious answer is the state of Texas. So he, you know, he made reference to this is his dream job. And, you know, we're, we're proud to support him. We're proud for the two years that he gave us at U of H. But then he also said that he has so many coaches, even from Power 5 schools, contacting him about the job at U of H. So I think U of H is going to be in good hands. And, uh, you know, we'll dive in more to the coaching carousel soon. And I think U of H will probably, you know, maybe have a new coach name the next time we record. We'll find out soon. I think I owe Tillman uh, Mr. Fertitta. I don't know what he likes to be called. I've never personally met the guy. But I feel like I owe him an apology because I did uh, express some dissatisfaction with him being something of a blowhard, talking a lot, you know, having kind of a big... You know, I love it. He's really turned me around on him. I'm a big fan now because I thought the way he dealt with this was so classy. And, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, to my discredit, but I did not expect that level of class from Tillman. And I don't really love having that kind of leadership at the forefront in terms of this university. Obviously, making the promise to pay Herman whatever it took to keep him here, money wasn't a concern, of course. But I did love that rhetoric. And then the, the way he's responding, you know, talking about how it's going to be a tough decision because so many people want this job. That's great. I mean, I, I want to hear that whether it's true or not. So in terms of being a mouthpiece, for the university and, and putting his money where his mouth is, both literally and figuratively, uh, I think he's terrific. And I love what Tillman is doing in terms of keeping the spirits of the fan base up. And I think that having a guy like that um, signing the checks for the university in a lot of ways, and obviously Dr. Couture is fantastic as well, I think that does um, provide a pretty stable, good environment in which to bring in a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Baylor is obviously looking for a head coach right now. Jim Grobe is going to uh, have that interim tag removed at the end of the season. It's going to be called former head coach at Baylor University. Uh, but Jeremy, uh, Baylor absolutely got obliterated by Texas Tech on Friday at AT&T Stadium. Uh, it looks like the assistant coach is the most, you know, thrown in the towel. It looks oh, like the players have out. thrown in the towel. Uh, they have one more game left on the road against West Virginia, a top 15 team. I don't think that's going to turn out well, but uh, the Bears need to hire a coach soon. They do. And I'm actually kind of surprised they've waited this long, especially with the insubordination from the assistant coaches. Uh, these guys really collectively as a group, given their behavior on social media and elsewhere, uh, they just they owe the players and they owe the fan uh, the fans explanations for their for their behavior. I mean, they, they've been auditioning for their next job this entire season and everything they've told potential employers in the future is that, that they're not emotionally competent to lead a football team during a trying time, which, you know, a lot of programs go through stuff like this and it's upsetting that they would choose to act like a bunch of little kids. I'm not saying that they've thrown games intentionally, but the mood that they've created in the locker room, they took a 6-0 team that was ranked number eight going into the Texas game and they just have checked out. They've checked out and they've left. And I, I'm, I'm really disappointed in them, but that being said, I think there's a lot of hope going into their future. Hopefully, you know, we're looking at some great candidates, you know, Chad Morris, uh, potentially Larry Fedora, maybe even Philip Montgomery if Baylor's not afraid of it. Yeah, who maybe McIntyre, Colorado, who has, you know, re-engineered that Colorado Buffalo team. They are now 10-2 and two and heading to the Pac-12 championship game to take on Washington this week. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of good candidates, but I think Baylor needs to make a move fast because they're down to just one commit for the 2017 recruiting class. We're going to dive into that here in just a few moments with Matt Mosley. Uh, he's going to give us more information on what we can expect from the Baylor coaching search. But, uh, you know, before we go into anything else, it was Thanksgiving this week. Uh, 
you know, we expressed how much we wanted you to uh, enjoy great pies from We Desserts. And Kevin, uh, you know, if you didn't get a Thanksgiving pie this week from We Desserts, how can you get one for Christmas? Uh, there's some sort of a list right now. I haven't really gotten all the details necessarily, but you can go buy We Desserts. And just for new listeners, there are a bunch of you out there. It's O-U-I. Hunter was confused. Uh, we had Hunter Atkins in the studio recently. He thought we were saying weed desserts. And yeah. other people have thought we've said we, like W-E, and so they've Googled that, but yeah. it's actually the French word we, O-U-Y. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of weed desserts. I'm all for it <laughs> if you want to enjoy those kind of things. So we're, we're in Houston, not Amsterdam. Well, regardless, I think it's you know it's your prerogative. If you want. Now, I, I'm under the impression they don't actually serve weed in their desserts at weed desserts. Uh, you know, maybe that'll change. I'll certainly keep you guys informed on that. But yeah, we is O-U-I, as in yes, it's French. And it's at 3411 Kirby, right in the heart of Houston. Uh, if you're a real Houstonian, you know that area pretty well. Um, and if you're not, you should acquaint yourselves. But Penny and Jen run there. You can go by. They have a lot of deals. I haven't really gotten the details yet. I'm a bit unprepared for this spot. But you can certainly sign up to get a very special cake to bring to your family for Christmas and, uh, and become the most popular person in your family. Yeah, we want to make sure that you are popular. And, you know, if you are popular, you're going to follow us on our social media channels as well. Just search weekly brewcast on every single social media platform you'll find us there also be sure to look at our website weeklybrewcast.com we post each episode on there uh, you know each sunday night each monday and uh, we definitely hope that you like the content uh, but as mentioned before we're going to dive into uh, the coaching carousel uh, that is going on at baylor at u of h at texas also we're going to go into uh, a little conversation about uh, men's basketball at baylor university who had a remarkable uh, thanksgiving tournament down in the bahamas after they knocked off michigan state and rallied from a 22 point deficit to beat louisville uh to win the battle for atlantis championship so the bears are six and oh uh with three top 25 wins so they are doing quite remarkably and we're going to discuss all of that with matt mosley here in just a few moments but as i mentioned we've got a packed show on deck so it's time to sit back relax be informed you're listening to the weekly brew Joining us now on the Weekly Brew Podcast is Matt Mosley, who is a columnist for DallasNews.com as well as Texas Monthly Magazine. And Matt, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast this week. And you know, right now it's Jeremy and I who are uh, two Baylor grads. You're also a Baylor grad. It's been a, a hard few months for us. And I'm kind of curious, when it comes to naming a head coach and just moving past the season, what can the Bears do to finally, I guess, mentally move on to 2017? Well, I, I, I think... Um a new, uh, you know, they, they desperately need, and I appreciate you guys having me on, uh, first of all, but they desperately need, uh, uh, you know, sort of a new chapter. I, you, you can't just sort of move on when you've been a part of such an enormous scandal, and, and I think this will, there'll be reverberations for years to come in, in a lot of ways. But now, when you do bring in a staff that wasn't here and had nothing really to do with what happened, uh, it does sort of turn the page, so to speak, and so uh, I, I think everybody's sort of needing that. I think uh, I think you've had so much confusion, you've had a lack of leadership, and and I think it's sort of uh, manifested itself in folks still trying to kind of cling to the past with with Art Briles and his group, and and then uh, some folks wanting to move on, and then some folks doubting the, the board of regents, and so. Um, this is sort of what we do as a Baptist is, is we fight, uh, you know, we're pretty good at fighting and there's been a lot of that going on, but, uh, I do think hiring a new coach, whoever it is and getting a new staff in will, uh, will really, uh, again, it doesn't completely shut the door on the scandal, but in essence, it does allow Baylor to start thinking of a future and hopefully, um, 
you know, trying to restore the good name that has been tarnished by everything that's uh, happened here recently. And you had mentioned uh, the new coaching search that has been going on. Obviously, uh, you know, Baylor is hoping to have a new coach in place here shortly. And, you know, as the time that we are recording right now, we've heard speculation late last week that Chad Morris, the SMU head coach, was uh, essentially all but named the head football coach at Baylor University. But after Saturday's 75-31 to 31 loss against Navy, uh, has there been any doubt on whether or not Chad Morris is the right man for the job? And if Baylor doesn't hire Chad Morris, who should they hire? Well, you know, I, I think Chad still that program, um, I you know, is is on the upswing. But you're right; it, it takes the luster off a name like that. Even though he did beat uh, Houston this season, and that was a rough loss for Tom Herman, who's uh, now taken over. And I think uh, late this uh, afternoon, as we're uh, getting ready, as we're taping this, they're they're about to have the official uh, press conference for him uh, in Austin, and I, I just. I'm with you. The Chad Morris, you know, getting beat by that wide of a margin by that's a good Navy team, but still, that's a that's an embarrassing loss, and so that takes a little bit of the luster off the possibility of hiring Chad Morris. Uh, I still think probably Chad Morris, Larry Fedora out of North Carolina, who has some Baylor ties. I think those are two names to consider, and then the other one that. Uh, I've tried to throw out there quite a bit, and I think he's actually in the mix, although I don't know how serious they are about making a move. And, and quite honestly, he's doing so well, it might drive up the, the price and, and cause Colorado. And I'm talking about Mike McIntyre. And I've known Mike for a long time, going back to 2003. And the sort of integrity that he brings, and, and he's taken a, a, a really – uh, you know, a Colorado program that had been down for so many years and had, had was a once great program that really had been out in the wilderness for seemingly, what, 15, 20 years, it seemed like, at least 10 to 15 years. And that that team is, uh, I believe, in the AP poll that came out uh, earlier today, checked in at number nine, I think it was. So it's a it's it's a it's a remarkable job that he's done, and so there. That's a name, and I know some Baylor people kind of like the PJ Fleck name, the guy at Western Michigan that's done such a great job. But uh, the McIntyre angle intrigues me, and I know for a fact that some of the folks involved in the search for the Baylor coach were a little bit uh, reluctant because McIntyre had sort of a lack of of wins against top twenty five programs, but. I, you know, these last couple of weeks, he's really, you know, had a couple of, of, of quality wins. Obviously, we didn't know Oregon was going to be as bad as they were when they when they beat the Ducks earlier this season. So, keep that name in mind. I, uh, you know, that it's going to be difficult. But he did have a, a daughter who uh, uh, graduated from Baylor, I believe, here recently. And so, uh, Mike recruits te- uh, the, the uh, Texas area, or he recruits Texas well. So. Uh, that's just another name that that I would be, I, I think would be kind of an exciting name right now if they could uh, if they could convince him to come to Waco. Hey Matt, let me ask you with the issues that Baylor has had with their assistant coaches. Uh, you know, the new head coach will be kind of coming into a tense, you know, kind of heated situation there. Let me ask you, how fast does Baylor need to move to pick up this next head coach to sort of salvage the recruiting season going into next year? I think you've got to be careful. You you don't by trying to do this. Uh, like a week faster than you normally would. Are you eliminating any any potential candidates? I think one of the reasons I think Baylor kind of wanted to have this thing done by about probably December seventh, 
they would like to have this thing done probably right after some of these championship games are played. You'll see, you know, you got McIntyre involved in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, I, I know there are others that uh, might be out there playing one last uh, game before the bowl, and so you know you 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 gotta you gotta find a happy medium. You don't want to make it so quickly that you 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 know you kind of don't think of all the candidates. But then you're right. If you wait around too long, you don't want to lose out on some folks. And um, so I, I would expect this hire to be made some sometime uh, pretty quickly. You know, I would say after the. Uh, West Virginia game. I still can't believe Baylor has another game to play. I wish they could just go ahead and wrap this season up. Uh, I I think it I think it happens fairly quickly. I mean, I, I you know maybe by next Sunday or Monday is kind of what I believe, uh, or sometime next week um, is what they're targeting. I'm not saying that will happen for sure. I just think that's what's in their mind. Now, if for whatever reason they feel like they need to wait to get the right candidate, then then I think that's okay. But uh, what you don't want to do is kind of wait around and give everybody time to kind of firm their plans up, and then you're scrambling. Uh, I think the fallback positions would be guys like Sonny Dykes at Cal. I think that's a name that's probably been talked about a little bit by, uh, uh, by Mac Rhodes and his group, and, uh, and Les Miles would also be a fallback position, a guy that's uh, really wanting to get back in. But, uh, but you know, it, it's just uh, I, I don't – I have a sense that he's in their top two or three. I think he is on the list, though. Baylor is going to take their time to name the head coach. Where It's, it's not going to be as fluid and as uh, mishandled as something that we saw this past week with both the University of Texas and Charlie Strong and also the Ed Orgeron situation at LSU with uh, Tom Herman's name being leaked out there before he was ultimately named the head coach. But, you know, since we are a Houston-based podcast, we have a lot of listeners that uh, are loyal to U of H. And I'm kind of curious from your perspective, with Tom Herman heading to the University of Texas, one, where does this leave the U of H program? And two, is this a home run hire for UT? Uh, you know, it's the hot name hire. I, home run hire to me would be, you know, like a Sabin or a Dabo Sweetie or somebody like that. So, uh, but sometimes the most logical or the obvious hire is the best hire, and so that's kind of what I put Tom Herman in. I, um, I think the guy can coach. I mean, I think you still have to remember that he even with a couple of really big wins this season, with the Louisville win and, of course, the OU win, there were losses to SMU, uh, Memphis, Navy. Um, so I, I, I stopped short of, of the home run hire. Now, like, for instance, if, if we'd gotten him at Baylor, that would have been a home run hire because he, he was such a hot name this season, we just really weren't in the running. Um, it's interesting to me, I, I never – felt like, and maybe it was just like they knew they weren't going to be able to get him, but even with Mac Rhodes' ties, having hired him at U of H, uh, the Baylor AD, um, for whatever reason, and I don't want to get too far into it because I don't know enough to exactly explain why this was the case, um, but Baylor didn't think that Tom Herman was the right fit. And I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, does that mean something's in his past? I really don't know the full story. I just never sensed that they were pursuing him that hard, which I don't know. I don't know exactly what to read into that. I think Texas made a good hire. Um, I just am going to stop short of a home run hire. And 
hopefully with sort of the strides he made at UH, U of H and, and uh, just the pride that folks uh, in that community and that city have taken in, in the Cougars. And I just think that UH takeover and some of the stuff he did with trying to get kids to stay in Houston, I think he really made some strides in that area. And if they hired somebody like uh, Orlando or, uh, or even uh, – you know, obviously, with the with the, um, I mean, and, and that that's a fascinating part to me is is you know what are they going to do at offensive coordinator? Will will he take uh, you know the 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 great the, the beloved Texas quarterback with them, uh, but also a guy who has some baggage there at Texas? You know what will what will happen there? And so I I, I think Houston probably the most logical thing is to stay with one of these guys. And and try to you know try to keep it try to keep it going a little bit, but I just uh, I don't know I don't know where the fall off is because I I think the guy had done a pretty incredible job and he basically tried to and he he was open with this tried to turn Houston into kind of a mini Ohio State uh, in how he approached it how he recruited and all that kind of stuff and and so uh, it was never going to be that but they they certainly got to the point where they could compete with some big time programs so. Um, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know what the fall off will be. Um, I just, uh, I just think, um, you know, maybe major Applewhite with his given, I mean, I still think now he's obviously messed up with what happened to him at, uh, well, I say what happened to him, what he did at, at university of Texas, but he's still a big name in Texas and, and to a lot of, uh, families, you know, the families of these kids, are are people who sort of remembered more than the kids remember major playing at U, at, at UT um i think i think he he could be compelling you know from a recruiting standpoint so um i i just uh, i don't know what way they'll go but right now let me just selfishly say I'm much more worried about what's happening in Waco than I am what's happening with your audience in Houston. University of Houston has made great strides in terms of their athletic department, their football program. I'm kind of wondering how hot of a job is this right now? Because you have all this talent on the U of H roster, uh, you know, Ed Oliver and even Kyle Allen at QB. I'm kind of wondering uh, some of the names that have been thrown out there for that position, like Dana Holgerson, even Philip Montgomery. I'm sort of wondering who who takes the spot at Houston going into next year. Well, I, I mean, I, I think uh, – I think Kyle Allen might end up. I thought I was reading where he might end up uh, going with Herman to Texas, even though Texas appears to have a quarterback. So we'll see. I mean, you saw that with Art Bryles. Uh, Robert Griffin III came with him to Baylor, and the rest is history. I mean that that one. Uh, now I don't think Kyle Allen's in that caliber. He may end up being a pretty decent college quarterback, um, but I, I think Kyle Allen would be a better fit at Houston than he would at University of Texas because I, I just was not totally impressed by what I saw out of him at A&M. So I, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how hot of a job it is. I mean, you're right. There's some pretty good talent there. Um, I mean, what you'd like to do like, is, is convince, have that Tillman Fertitta guy with all the money convince a P.J. Fleck to come there. Now, for Houston, that would be a home run hire. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that, that would be, to me, more exciting than either Major or or the Orlando. You know, I I, I think uh, that that would be one of those hires that would make people quickly forget about Herman. Not that Herman didn't do a great job, but this guy has such a kind of over the top personality that I mean, Flex one of those guys that walks on campus and it's just a whole new ball game. 
Now, he's probably trying to make the jump to a Power 5 conference, and obviously that's not going to happen at the University of Houston. And you mentioned P.J. Fleck and his high energy, and that just reminds me uh, so much of Scott Drew when he was hired at Baylor, uh, you know, after the the basketball scandal with Dave Bliss and, uh, you know, the, the shootings, the murder, the cover-up, everything on that situation. But when you look specifically at the Baylor basketball program right now, I mean, that's something for Baylor Bear fans to get excited about, especially with uh, four Ken Palm wins over top 35 teams and, uh, you know, the huge battle for Atlanta's championship, including uh, that Louisville game in which they came back from 22 points to win 66-63, to and I'm I'm kind of curious. The Bears are sitting at 6-0 and right now. They've got the huge game against Xavier coming up at the Farrell Center. How good is this Scott Drew team despite, uh, you know, the lack of top 50 players on this team? You know, I it's a great I, – I, I don't know. I, I got to see them in person against Oregon, and, and you know, you, you, you got to watch it. You don't want to get too over-the-top excited early in a season. It, it seems like right now a lot of the national folks were kind of sleeping on Baylor – um, with with not really being ranked before the season, and now they're kind of showing up, uh, you know, quite a bit higher in the rankings, and and I think they'll continue to move up. But I, I how impressive was that? I, I think the thing that stood out to me the other day in that Louisville game is, you know, things were going, everything was going against them. They were they were just getting annihilated, and suddenly they got a foothold in that game. And then two guys from off the bench, McClure hadn't been getting much playing time at all, and uh, Lindsey, who's more of kind of a you know backup, uh, decent defender, not much of an offensive player. I mean, the, the two of those guys sparked the whole run. So, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways to look at that. I think the depth of that this team uh, is pretty exciting. Now, I hated to see a couple of straight games where, I mean, I'd been bragging on this guy like crazy, Manu LeCompte. Uh, had a couple of poor games in Atlanta, so now they overcame that. That's the good news. The bad news is he just didn't, against a couple of pretty good teams, he, he really kind of shrunk. Uh, he just didn't play that well. And so, and I, I say two of those games. He might have had one of those games. I didn't get to really zero in on that Michigan State game. I, I got to kind of see that first one and the, and the, and the third one uh, of that, that whole thing. But all that to say, I, I do think it's kind of exciting, and I am – much like you guys, ready to get this football season over with. Get the new coach. I think there will be some excitement around that. Um, the only reason in the world you would want to accept a bowl bid is if it gave like a new coaching staff uh, a chance to work with these guys. If it, if it means um, you know, Kendall and all the guys sticking around, I, I say you turn down the bowl bid. I mean, it's, it's that, that, you know, that situation has become toxic, and I, right. I, I don't – you know, I, I really don't hold it too much against those guys in the sense that I get it that they're very loyal to Art and all that, but it completely undermined this season and, and sort of divided the fan base and all that kind of stuff. So uh, you need to cut ties with those guys as quickly as possible. And there's just no, you know, they stuck around, they tried to do the best they could, and you wish them well, and you get them on out of here. And yeah, I, that's what uh, I look forward to that. Yeah, I tend to agree with that that take right there. And uh, again, we've got Matt Mosley joining us on the Weekly Brew Podcast. And Matt, uh, you're a columnist for the Dallas, uh, Dallas Morning News, DallasNews.com, and also Texas Monthly. Uh, you have also got a, a great podcast covering the, the, the Dallas Mavericks. You know, even though we're Rockets fans, uh, it's it's still a great product. But uh, for those that are interested in connecting with you and kind of uh, whether it's on social media or reading your work online, what is the best way for them to find you? Oh, I, I think uh, Twitter is is kind of where I, I tend to, I, I had a radio show up here in Dallas for about 10 years, and I just 
left that recently, and so Twitter's where I've been hanging out a lot. I've, I've always been more a sports writer first, and then did the radio thing as well. Uh, so at Matt Mosley on Twitter is a is a fine way to go about it, and then uh, uh, then you know just check out the work on uh, DallasNews.com, and and uh, and then also you know Texas Monthly and and all those uh, fine folks, and then may, I might be making a announcement here soon about my next uh, sort of radio slash podcast venture but i admire what you guys do and and uh, quite honestly i think uh, i think the podcasts and that whole area is the is certainly i say the way of the future it's here and uh and so i'm i'm experimenting it with my, myself i've for some reason chosen like the worst nba team uh <laughs> to do it with <laughs> but but uh uh, yeah, yeah. One of my dear friends, by the way, covers the Rockets uh, for uh, ESPN.com. His name's Calvin Watkins, and so I'm sure maybe you guys have read some of his work. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this is a season that, uh, uh, sadly, and Mavericks fans aren't used to this, uh, and, not, and neither are Rockets fans for that matter. But this um, this season, at some point, will turn into trying to identify. Uh, who they might be able to land in the draft. And while that's not fun, uh, it's different, and I'm going to try to embrace it. And that's why I find myself uh, taking a longer look at uh, uh, the uh, oh, Markel Fultz, uh, uh, the player that, that came in here and played against TCU, the other, uh, and uh, the, uh, uh, the point guard out of Washington, and Josh Jackson and all these guys. So I'm, uh, I'm sort of excited about you know looking at some of these uh, – phenomenal freshman players across the country and then hoping that nobody comes after any of our Baylor kids early. We need them to stay in school all four years. <laughs> I did agree with that as well. But uh, Matt, we definitely appreciate you for joining us this week on the Weekly Brew Podcast. And we wish you the uh, the best of luck with your upcoming announcement. And, you know, uh, since our Texans are not doing well, uh, congratulations on the Cowboys being a 10 and 1. But uh, it's it's been great having you on the podcast. Yeah, honestly. I was early to the I was early to the Dak Prescott party, I might add. And uh this has been one of the most remarkable stories uh, in the NFL this season. And tell your guy, uh, tell your University of Houston uh, buddy that I'm sorry he ducked us today, and and I uh, hope he recovers nicely <laughs> from uh, Herman leaving, and that uh, he'll join up soon. But uh, it sounds like he wanted no part of this thing today. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Matt. It's been great chatting with you. All right, all right. See you, fellas. Closing time. Again, this is episode 70 of the Weekly Brew Podcast. So we just had a great interview with Matt Mosley from Texas Monthly as well as DallasNews.com. Covers the Mavs, covers Baylor football, also the Dallas Cowboys as well. And uh, Jeremy, it's kind of nice to hear him uh, discussing the the coaching situation. And also one thing that stood out to me uh, was this mentioned that the assistant coaches right now are kind of toxic and how Baylor needs to move on as quickly as they can. While the speculation has been that Chad Morris is going to be the next head coach, he did mention uh, that, you know, McIntyre at Colorado could be a good fit for the Bears. Yeah, that was actually kind of an intriguing point he made of, of course, uh, his his analysis and commentary is really soothing my rattled nerves about the Bears at this point. I think uh, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Bears here coming up uh, into the offseason. But it is interesting thinking about the other candidates besides Chad Morris, which has kind of seemed to be the shoe-in. Because you know, we talked about that Navy loss that he just suffered and how that point differential is sort of concerning if you're a Bears fan. So, But that's interesting. I, I, would, I would be open to Mike uh, McIntyre, but I'd, I'd like to see more from him before really considering him seriously, but it is interesting. So if he beats Washington, you know, they potentially have an outside shot Colorado at going to the college football playoff. 
does Baylor even have a shot at hiring him if Colorado goes to the college football playoff? That's a really good question, and I think this is kind of the same question that people were asking. Does Baylor have a chance for Tom Herman? I think if uh, McIntyre goes to the college football playoff, his name might be a little too hot for us because, you know, some of these coaches, they want to go to a P5 school, you know, when they have the choice between Baylor and, say, like, uh, you know, uh, an LSU, but, you know, Ed Ergeron's going there. But um, if they have the choice between Baylor and somebody else, they might, you know, pick the other guy. But who knows? I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and one thing that I thought was kind of uh, humorous that he mentioned was uh, Kevin actually dodging this interview. And for those of you that aren't aware, uh, Kevin actually had to leave before the Matt Mosley interview. I I don't know. He said he had a dinner, but do you actually believe that? Or is he just going to, you know, sulk for Tom Herman leaving U of H? Yeah, I actually saw Kevin's a little bit teary as he was leaving. You know, our intro, we talked about Tom Herman leaving right. and he, he talked a lot. He seemed like he was really sad. Um, he grabbed some Kleenex on his way out the door. So, you know, best wishes to him. I, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he's really taking it hard right now. So if you can just send him, a, I guess, a note of encouragement. You can do that on Twitter. Just uh, send him a note, a positive note saying that you're thinking about him uh, at K Michael Cook on Twitter. But Kevin, uh, we will have you back in full force next week on the podcast. But, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, Matt also mentioned in his interview was Baylor basketball, and they are just off to a phenomenal start. Again, they have a huge game uh, this next week against Xavier, a top 10 a team, and Baylor could well be in the top 10 by the time you were listening to this podcast, uh, certainly moving up from their number 20th ranking right now. But uh, if, if you're looking for something positive with Baylor athletics in general, we highly recommend that you look toward the basketball team, not only the men's team, but the women's team as well. Both are uh, top 15 programs right now, so it's something to be prideful of. But uh, we appreciate everyone for joining us this week on the Weekly Brew Podcast. A uh, special shout out to Matt Mosley uh, for taking the time and joining us on a quick phone call. But uh, Jeremy, if you want to get in touch with us this week on social media, we highly recommend that you follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels to search Weekly Brewcats for that. And also leave us an iTunes review. Kevin isn't here to tell us about iTunes reviews, but why is it important to leave us a review on iTunes? Uh, it's important to leave us a review on iTunes specifically because we are the voice of Houston. We are the most important podcast in the city, obviously. And if you want to hear more about U of H or Baylor or whatever, let us know in the review. Please leave a leave us a five-star review. It would certainly make my day. It would make Kevin's day. It would make Austin's day. That's a fact. We definitely want you to go on to iTunes, search Weekly Brew, and you can leave us a review there. We will read it on the next show, and you'll be our listener to the week, listener of the week, I should say. But uh, again, thanks to Matt Mosley for joining us on this week's podcast, and for my co-host, Kevin Cook, who has left, and Jeremy Paxson, who is still here in studio. My name is Austin Statton, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Weekly Brew. 